Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hello, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. You're listening to chapter 22. Today I'm going to be talking all about how to become a freelance writer, my tips for breaking into the industry, kind of the nitty gritty of everything that you need to know if you want to start writing for a living. This topic was actually inspired by a Twitter request, so shout out to Jamie if you're listening. And that being said, if there's a topic about writing, a book or writing articles or really anything at all in the bookish realm that you're curious about and want to know more about, let me know in the comments on Instagram at Wordweaver Podcast or the comments on iTunes and I'll make sure to work it into an episode. In today's chapter, I'm going to cover everything from how I got into freelance writing, what actually is a freelance writer. I think the definition can sometimes be misconstrued or confused the different types of freelance writing that you can do. It's not just pitching an article to a magazine. There are a lot of other ways that you can earn money. The key personality traits that I think it takes to do this and do this well for a living. And I'll walk you through step by step how you can actually establish yourself as a freelance writer and find jobs. I'll also break down what the typical process looks like once you actually do land a writing client, everything from invoicing to how do you get paid. And of course, I will do my best to answer the big burning question that a lot of people have when they try to break into freelance writing is how much money does a freelance writer make? How much can you expect per article? And I'll go into all of that the best that I can. Lots to cover today. If there's anything I miss, please, please let me know and I'll be happy to answer it. There's a lot of different ways that you can talk about freelance writing. You can always go more in depth, but I wanted this to be kind of a freelance writing 101 crash course if you're looking to get started or you're just interested in how it all works. I had wait with words for a while. Firstly, I should probably give you a quick little overview of how I got into freelance writing. And it was during my career left turn once I decided to leave my corporate job in marketing at Elizabeth Arden in New York and go back to journalism school in Boston to ultimately pursue my dream of becoming a writer. Writing books was actually always my end goal. I always wanted to be an author, but I think of articles as mini books. 
writing a book I like to think of as the marathon and then writing articles is kind of your 5k 10k both can be equally demanding they both have a beginning a middle and an end in a book and also in an article there should be a a short plot arc rising action you have to support all of your points there should always be interesting characters and then ultimately a quippy or convincing conclusion So for that reason, I've always enjoyed writing articles because I find it kind of a fast-paced, condensed version of writing a book. There's still a lot of research required, but the one big thing that I really enjoyed about article writing and ultimately freelance writing versus writing a book is how quickly you can get that jolt of validation. A book you're spending years on the exact same topic, and sometimes it's seven years before it even gets published, so you're never getting that quick hit of satisfaction from seeing your work out in the world or even getting paid for that work for a very long time. Whereas article writing is kind of a sped up process, a condensed version of that, and it's a lot quicker for you to get instant gratification from writing the article to pitching it to getting it published blog writing is even faster. You can write something in an hour and see it online the very next minute. So there is something really enticing about freelance writing that you get to see your work out in the world a lot quicker than you do as an author with writing a book. So after journalism school, I needed to find a way to support myself while I was finishing my book, figuring out the pitching process of getting a literary agent and ultimately a publisher. So freelance writing was a natural fit for me to pay the bills, still be able to write from home or coffee shops, and be flexible enough to work on my book. I divided my days into freelance work in the mornings, and then once that was done, I was able to devote the rest of my day and evenings to working solely on my book project. Even though I had gone to journalism school and I'd learned the syntax of how to write an article, how many points do you need, what makes a good pitch email, that was super valuable and super helpful. I truly still knew nothing about freelance writing as an industry and how to break into it. When I moved back to Toronto from Boston after school, I had no contacts whatsoever And it really was a lot of trial and error figuring it all out as I went. I've said it before, but part of the reason I even started this podcast is because I wish I'd had something like this when I was first starting out to motivate me or give me tips of how do you actually be a writer? How do you do this thing that sounds so lofty? And I'm happy to share everything that I've learned along the way so that if you're interested in a career in freelance writing or even writing a book, that I can give you all of the tips and tricks that I've learned if it's something you're eager to pursue or even just mildly interested in learning about. Firstly, let's define what is a freelance writer. We've heard the term before, but freelance writers are self-employed and typically write for several different publications at any given time. There are also a lot of different types of freelance writing that you can do. When you're first getting started, it can feel a bit overwhelming of where do I even begin? But trust me, as you dive in, you'll naturally gravitate towards the type of writing you're most comfortable with and the topics that you're most passionate about. In general, the main types of freelance writing are 
articles or feature writing. This is definitely the most common and what most people think of usually when they hear the term freelance writer. This is where you'll work on an individual article basis for print or online publications. Sometimes you'll write for both. And this means you have the flexibility to write about stories that interest you. Since you aren't a staff writer with these publications, you typically are not assigned topics. That means you have to come up with them and pitch them to different editors yourself. That can be one of the most enticing things about freelance writing is that you have the flexibility to write about stories that interest you. I'll get into it more a bit later, but I highly recommend you focus on one niche or a couple niches that you can become an expert in rather than trying to write about anything and everything under the sun. It'll be harder to get your pitches accepted if you're all over the map, and if you're interested or passionate about a certain topic like beauty or travel, then again, you'll naturally gravitate towards writing those kinds of articles. Your work will be of higher quality, and that's how your niche will define itself. So don't worry too much about that. And again, I'll talk about that a little later. It takes a lot of research and internet sleuthing to find the right contacts and editor names at various newspapers or magazines that you want to pitch your articles to. So I definitely recommend keeping an Excel document or a Google spreadsheet so you have all of their names, emails, the title of the publication, and when you pitch them in one place. When you're first starting out with article writing, editors won't have any trust in you or your writing abilities, even if you have a great portfolio. So At first, it's often best to have the whole article written so you have something to show them and to prove that you actually can write to get your foot in the door. You can pitch editors on story ideas alone, but I highly, highly, highly recommend not doing this until you're a little bit more established or you have a really good rapport with that editor. If you've never written for that publication before, chances are they'll just reject your pitch right off the bat if they can't actually see the quality of your writing in the full article attached. And then the key is just to keep following up and be persistent until you get one yes on your article. Rejection comes in many forms, even silent rejection when nobody responds to your email. That can be demoralizing and frustrating, but it's honestly just part of the game. It's not personal. And you've just got to persevere until you get that one yes. And then once you're in with that publication, often it's a lot easier to continue pitching with them. And that's when you can just pitch story ideas alone rather than wasting time writing a full article only for it to be rejected. Another one of the main forms or types of freelance writing is content writing or copywriting. This is for businesses. Business writing is huge these days and there's a big surge in demand for freelance writers to do copywriting and content writing for big companies, small companies, big brands, small brands. The goal of copywriting is to persuade people to take action. It's that simple. So whether you're writing for a company or a brand, the goal of copywriting is to entice their audience or their clients to purchase a product or use a service. And this takes many, many different forms. So there's a lot of subcategories of copywriting, and it can be anything from writing advertising copy, website content, blog posts, 
press releases, white papers, or even in-house ebooks, email newsletters, news blasts, and then you can go all the way into social media content creation, writing captions, and different posts. Blogging in itself is another main category of freelance writing. It is a subcategory of copywriting for businesses, but it can also be a standalone freelance writing job for individuals. There are a lot of people out there who are trying to grow their own personal brands. Everybody's a brand these days. Everybody wants to market their new fitness program. And while these people might be great at working out, they might be great at taking good photos, but most of them are not great writers. Or they simply might not have the time to do it. So a lot of these people will outsource blog writing to freelancers. I remember seeing on one freelance writing job board, there was a lawyer in Florida who wanted a freelance writer to write short blog posts on his website about various criminal cases to drive traffic so that he could be hired more as a lawyer. So there's really a lot of weird niches that you can get involved in as a blogger or blog writer for other people. Another type of freelance writing that you can get paid for or offer as a service is editing and proofreading. This is a big one as there are a lot of clients who want to make sure that their content is checked for their website, for their book, or even their articles. From there, if you do a good job editing and proofreading, sometimes people will also ask you to ghostwrite certain sections and you can charge a premium for that service. Especially when it comes to ebooks, there's a quite a big market there because everybody seems to want to put out an ebook, which it's not a bad idea. It's a form of passive income, really. You put out a PDF often as an ebook and people will buy it, so long as you already have a really eager and big following. That being said, people often ask me, what do I do as a freelance writer? Do I write for one magazine or multiple? Do I write for big brands or small businesses? And my answer is honestly, all of it. I won't sugarcoat it. Writing in general is a really tough business, especially in today's day and age. My professor the first day of journalism school said, if you're here to make money, then you're in the wrong profession. A lot of big newspapers and magazines are being forced to downsize their staff or even fold completely. But on the flip side, that also means there are ample opportunities as a freelancer because you're not pigeonholed to one publication. And these publications, these newspapers and magazines, don't have the overhead or budget anymore to pay for benefits or even for you to sit at a desk in their office. That's why more media outlets are hiring freelancers because for them, they just pay per article. But the downside as a freelancer is that it can be frustrating for long-term security. You don't get pension or 401k. You have to do all of that yourself. That being said, the takeaway is that it is really hard to make a living as a writer unless my big, big, biggest tip here is to diversify your revenue stream as a freelance writer. I cannot stress this enough. If you truly want to be a successful freelance writer, you must, must, must diversify your income stream. Unfortunately, you can no longer rely on writing a few articles and hoping that they will pay your bills. It's tedious work to get published this way and the pay really varies. And to be honest, overall, even if you're writing for the New York Times, it's not that great. So the best way to truly make a living is diversify your clients, diversify the different publications, the brands, the companies, the format of your writing. 
Are you writing ebooks? Are you editing? Are you doing blog writing? Are you doing white papers? That is honestly my biggest tip for being a successful freelance writer and being able to live off of this as a career. I've heard it before, we've all read it before, that people who are eager to become a freelance writer or a blogger or even those Instagram influencers because they think it's a slack job where you just get paid to sit in your pajamas, sleep in, you have no one to report to. But if I can tell you anything I've learned, it's much harder than I anticipated. For me, the pros and the perks of being my own boss and being solely responsible for my output completely outweigh the cons. For me, freelance writing has allowed me to finish my book and get a literary agent and go through the whole publishing journey where I never would have had that if I was working full-time at a corporation. And throughout this process, I've discovered what Oprah would say is my calling. And I know that writing, freelance writing, book writing is truly what I'm meant to do. Not to say that it's easy for me all the time, but I do wake up every day feeling like this is right. This is where I'm supposed to be. So I highly encourage you to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive within yourself before you quit your 9 to 5 and take freelance writing on as a full-time career. Is this really your calling? Do you really, really enjoy it? Are you ready to put in that hard work to make a living in a very oversaturated and oftentimes frustrating industry? If the answer is yes, then good. I haven't scared you off and you're ready to dive into this. The key traits that I think make for a good writer and especially a good freelance writer is being self-motivated self-disciplined, and insanely curious. You have to constantly brainstorm and come up with new ideas. You always have to have your antenna out, collecting original concepts, analyzing different angles. I really recommend reading a wide variety of subjects and then always in the background analyzing what makes a good headline or a unique angle for a story. Then you have to have the self-discipline to sit your butt down, spend the time researching, outlining, contacting sources, writing, and then revising your articles, which can be anywhere between 500 to 2,000 words. We have so many distractions, especially on our phones, so you've got to be disciplined. Put that phone away, otherwise your attention will always be jolted elsewhere and you'll never actually get an article written. Then the self-motivation comes from getting up every single day at the same time and making this a daily habit, pitching to various editors, pitching your ideas, getting them rejected, and doing it all again. If you've got those three things, then you are definitely fit to be an amazing freelance writer. Okay, so now that you know that this is what you want to do, you want to be a freelance writer, you want to take it to the next level, How do you actually establish yourself and find jobs? These are the three steps that I recommend you take. First, you will need to create a website portfolio. You need a website, you need an online portfolio, something that you can send to respective editors and clients to demonstrate your writing experience and your abilities. This is your calling card and defines who you are as well as your writing style and your tone of voice. Having a really professional website with samples of your writing in your portfolio can also help you prove your worth and how much you charge based on your past experience and other articles that you've written. 
Having a complete online brand or persona is also super helpful. Just make sure that your LinkedIn and your Twitter bios are somewhat similar to your website so that from any platform, if people search you, they can get a sense of who you are and what you're about as a writer. For my website, I use Squarespace, but WordPress is also another really great option. You can, of course, always use the free domains that these providers give you, but if you really want to be taken seriously as a professional, I'd urge you to go the extra mile and pay to secure your own domain name. I really wanted louisejohnson.com, short, simple, my first name, my last name, but unfortunately, it's a very common name, and that was already taken. So for my writing website and portfolio, I had to include my middle name. So now it's louisclairejohnson.com, which I still think sounds a bit pretentious. Like, who am I to use three names? I'm not Sarah Jessica Parker here. But honestly, it was the only way I could secure a more professional website. And then I was able to use it for my Instagram account. It's too long for Twitter, so that's annoying. But if you can keep something short that you can have across all of your social media platforms, as well as your website domain, I'd recommend going with that. If creating websites is not your forte, there are so many people you can outsource this to. There's a lot of graphic designers who love creating websites. It's definitely worth the money, I think, to go the extra mile because this is what people will perceive you as and also your writing ability as as fair or unfair as that is. The second step, once you've set up your website, you've got your portfolio, is to start honing your writing niche. If you don't have a ton of samples when you're first getting started to include at your portfolio, which is very likely if you're just beginning, it's important to start crafting your writing niche so that you do have something to show potential clients or editors. And by this, I mean something as simple as blogging on your own website about topics that you'd eventually like to write about. You can also reach out to other bloggers and offer to do a guest post for free, anything that will get your name out there and create samples for you to share. As I mentioned earlier, your niche will develop over time and you'll gravitate towards writing about things that you're actually interested in. Some ideas to help you get started are writing about your current hobbies or experiences. Are you a new mom? Do you love to travel? Do you love fitness? Or do you love trying new vegan restaurants? Whatever it is, and the more specific, the better. Some examples of popular niches that people write about are beauty, baby products. That's a huge one, huge, huge market these days. There's always websites looking for parenting blogs and reviews of baby products. I'm not in that market, but I see it everywhere. Then there's health and wellness, pets, TV, pop culture, sports, travel. But you can take any of these popular niches and break it down even further. So travel, that's a very broad one. You could focus solely on family travel, great places to go as a family. Think about what you like to write about, what you have experience in, and what do you want to learn more about? These three questions, if you ask yourself those, will help you hone your writing niche if you're a bit lost at the beginning. I also want to be clear that you can have a couple different niches that you like to write about. We all have different 
things that we're interested in. We're not always focused on one thing. I know that I really got pigeonholed for a while in writing just about glamping, which I still love and I'm obsessed with, but it really prevented me for a while of writing about anything else because that's kind of what editors wanted from me. So definitely you're allowed to write about different things if you're compelled and interested in various topics. But again, I would keep those to two to three max so that you can truly be an expert on those subjects. Then I would advise just researching the heck out of your niche. Google trends, what are other people writing about, get a sense of the topic and how you can approach it from a unique angle. The next step, once you have your website and some writing samples, you're ready to start pitching. The word pitch can be very intimidating. I know that I kind of get squeamish when I hear, oh, you have to pitch somebody. But really all it is is emailing someone, letting them know who you are, what you do, and how you can help them or their company or their brand or their publication. It really is that simple. I think we just overcomplicate things and allow the word pitch or pitching to sound kind of daunting. Again, my recommendation is to write the entire article first before you pitch an editor or a brand. And then once you establish a relationship with that editor or you have more samples in portfolio, you can pitch based on story ideas alone. Write the article with a specific publication in mind. So if you're writing a travel article, look at Condé Nast Traveler. What kind of stories do they write and try to fit with that tone? Or is it a personal piece? Look at the Paris Review. That's one of my personal favorites, so I'll just use it as an example. How do they craft articles and how are their personal essays? Use those and write with that in mind. Don't try to write for every travel magazine out there because it's a hard go to get it published. Your voice will sound really flat. Then when you're crafting your pitch for a specific editor at a magazine or a newspaper or a company, the pitch is always an email form. You briefly explain the topic that you've written about, why their readers or their clients or their audience would be interested in it, and why you're the person to write this. Keep it short and to the point. Try to have a lot of spaces between your mini paragraphs so that when they open their email, they're not looking at a huge chunk of text and then immediately delete your email because they don't have time to read it. Also pay attention to pitching guidelines on their website. Follow those exactly. A lot of magazines have very specific requests on they want the article pasted into the body of the email. Some want them attached separately. So make sure you're adhering to their guidelines because that's a very easy way to get a quick rejection if you don't follow them to a T. If you do get a response, yay, that's so exciting. They'll email you back. Usually they'll ask you for your rate or they will tell you what they are willing to pay and you can accept or negotiate. Once you've agreed to a payment structure, how much you're going to get and when you're going to receive it, then they will likely send you over a contract to sign. If they don't, definitely send your own. You want to have this in place. There's been a few times where I was really happy to have the contract just to gently nudge them and refer to it. I like to include in my contracts how many rounds of edits or revisions will do. So is it one round each where it goes back and forth once or are there four rounds of edits? Because this can really determine my rate, how much I charge, as time is my most valuable currency, and if it takes more time, as four rounds of edits do, then I'll definitely be charging more per hour. 
versus just charging a flat fee. Finally, once the contract has been signed, you have submitted your final piece, all edits and revisions have been agreed upon, you will submit your invoice. And I typically give clients about four weeks after I submit the final for a payment, and then you can include this in your contract, but you can start accruing interest for late payments. This just keeps them accountable and makes sure that you're not getting paid a year later for something that you wrote. For the record, I've never had somebody not pay me within the four weeks, so I haven't even had to worry about that. And in terms of how you get paid, a lot of freelance writers get paid through PayPal. This is the most common one. Or some companies and brands that I've worked with have preferred to send a check through the mail. Oftentimes, you can pick whichever payment method you prefer and include this in the invoice that you send. I just want to emphasize that when it comes to pitching articles, if you send 20 pitches, chances are you'll hear back from one. As freelance writers, the odds are not in our favor, but don't get discouraged by this. It just means they have to work your butt a little harder, keep sending those out, follow up appropriately after a few weeks. Some people really appreciate that gentle nudge because their inboxes are just overflowing with pitches and requests. If you still don't hear back, don't take it personally, just move on to the next handful of editors in your Excel spreadsheet or publications that you'd like to pitch to, and eventually, I promise you, one will stick. I don't know if any of you saw that compilation of all of those Lady Gaga interviews pieced together when she was doing press for A Star is Born. It's pretty funny, but she did a bunch of interviews and answered the exact same question with... There can be 100 people in a room and 99 of them don't believe in you. All it takes is just one and it changes your whole life. As cheesy as that has become because it went viral across the internet, the message of that is 100% accurate. All you need is one person to say yes and then it's a lot easier to repitch that publication or that editor and really beef up your writing portfolio. So don't be discouraged. Don't give up and try to take your ego out of it. Rejections have nothing to do with you. These people don't even know you. Often it's about timing or they don't have enough space in the magazine. And don't be afraid to keep trying again until you get that one yes. So that's kind of an overview of how article pitching really works. And that is the bread and butter of freelance writing. But as I mentioned, it's really important to diversify if you want to be serious about making some good money in this. And the other way to get writing jobs, I recommend starting with freelance writing job boards. Some of the big ones are Media Bistro, uh, Pro Blogger, FreelanceWritingJobs.com. I'll be sure to link all of these job boards in the show notes, so check those out if you're interested in finding other editing or proofreading or blog writing jobs. You can also reach out to any contacts that you have at big companies. A lot of them are looking to outsource their writing, so don't be afraid to offer up your services and include that on your website. The last big burning question a lot of people have and want to know about freelance writing is how much money can you make? The most annoying answer, but it depends. I hate that answer and I really wish I had a better answer, but It really, really does depend. I wish there was some sort of database that was transparent on how much people charge and how much they made exactly. The beauty of this is that it also allows you to charge for what you think you're worth 
And the biggest thing is how much time it will take you to do each writing task or project. Time is our biggest currency. Let me repeat that. Time is our biggest currency. Never underestimate how much your time is worth. If it takes you a week to write a 500-word article that only pays 30 cents a word, that's 150 bucks for seven days worth of work. So if you're looking at that on an hourly basis or you're trying to pay bills with that, you're literally making pennies. So for that instance, it's not worth it. That being said, there are three ways a freelancer can give their rates. You can do it per word, per hour, or a flat fee per assignment. When it comes to pay per word, some magazines and newspapers have a standard that they give all of their freelancers, but the average freelance writing rate per word ranges from three cents a word to 30 cents a word typically. For example, if you're asked to write a 1,000 word article, you could get anywhere from 30 bucks on the low end to 300 bucks on the higher end. A thousand word articles are pretty beefy and usually require a lot of research, so if you're getting 30 bucks for that many words, that pay per word is pretty low and, to be honest, would not be worth your time. It's frustrating that that's kind of the industry average, but if you're starting out, maybe you do want to accept that kind of rate and then eventually up your ante. It's up to you really what you're willing to do for how much. Another way you can charge is per hour. So if you're working for a company or a brand, this might be a little bit more beneficial if they have you writing blog posts and newsletters, various different content that is hard to pinpoint exactly per word. You might want to estimate how many hours it will take or bill them hourly like a lawyer would at the end. And then the last way that you can charge is a flat fee per assignment or per writing job. For instance, you could charge a flat fee of 500 bucks per blog post. If you're writing multiple blog posts for one brand or company, you could get up to $2,000 a month this way. It always depends, that annoying answer, but a lot of brands or companies prefer flat fees because it's easy for them to budget and invoice that way especially if they're less concerned about word count and more concerned about the quality of the article, no matter what the length. My biggest tip is just be confident in your worth. It's easy, especially if you enjoy writing, to feel guilty for getting paid to do something that you love. But you have to remember that these people are hiring you for a reason because it's something that they either don't have time to do or they don't enjoy doing. It is a job at the end of the day, and you should absolutely be compensated for your work in any industry, and especially freelance writing. Remember that you are valuable, you have a skill set that you're providing, so own your worth and be confident in your rates that you're charging. Remember that time is your biggest currency, so if you're spending a month writing an article that's only going to pay you 20 bucks, then that really probably is not the best use of your time. That means you're foregoing a lot of other higher value activities that you could be doing. Overall, I truly believe that freelance writing is a rewarding career if it's something you absolutely love to do. It definitely won't be an overnight success kind of situation. There's a lot of mud that you have to trudge through before you can kind of see the results of your hard work. So be patient, be kind to yourself, 
stick with it as a daily habit Treat it like you would any other job at any other company, and I promise you great things will happen. Well, that's it for today's chapter of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, have any topic recommendations, or any comments at all, be sure to leave them as a review on iTunes or on Instagram at Word Weaver Podcast. As always, today's show notes are available at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. Until next time. I hear weight with words.